Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Talk about abortion. What does the Bible say about it? Um, and, and why are we doing this? Right? I think it's important that we always give the why. Is it to be controversial? No, not at all. Um, um, really, honestly, you wouldn't know this from my preaching, but I really don't like offending people. I don't like hurting people's feelings. Um, some of you are like, really? You hurt mine every Sunday, um, and you're not even on the platform when you do it. Um, I know, I know. But um, man, I love people, I really do, and I don't want to run anybody off, but, but here's what's happening. Our society, everybody is screaming when it comes to these topics. Everybody's got an opinion, and if you don't share their opinion, I'm about to start preaching, you're a bigot, right? You're this, you're that, and, and the, what has happened is the church has stayed silent, and guys, we cannot stay silent on these issues, right? We can't. And so last year when we had COVID, remember everybody working out like 10 feet apart, like you're jogging by your buddy and they're 10 feet apart. You're like, don't breathe on me, right? Um, We just talked about how we were going to lead with strength and boldness during those unsure moments. Let me tell you, we're going to lead, continue to lead with strength and boldness when it comes to talking about controversial things. Um, And we're going to be talking about it in love, in love, right? But here's not what Justin says. Here's what the Bible says. Because here's what's happening within our churches is that pastors are preaching what's fluffy and will what will attract crowds instead of what will grow people, what will change people, what will make people mad, what will challenge people because growing equals changing, right? And we're going to be that church. We're going to be the church that preaches the hard stuff, that preaches the stuff in the Bible that's not easy, but we're going to do it. And there's a verse found in Luke chapter 6 verse 26. I read this every Sunday when I wake up. Um, and it's, it's out of the message, and it says this, there's trouble ahead when you live only for the approval of others, saying what flatters them and doing what indulges them. Popularity contests are not truth contests. Look how many scoundrel preachers were approved by your ancestors. Your task is to be true, not popular. And my job as your pastor, right, is to be true, not popular. It's not about how many people can I get to like me, how many people can I get to follow my Facebook, how many people can I get on my Instagram, no, 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 no. How many people can I get to retweet me? I'm not even on Twitter, right? It is, it's my job is to be true, not popular. So today I wanna talk to you about this. It's the title of our message, Watermelon Truth. Watermelon Truth. Watermelon Sugar, hi, Watermelon Sugar. Um, Watermelon Truth, and I love watermelon. we probably go through three to four watermelons a week at my house, um, especially this time. I, I love it. It's my favorite vegetable to eat. In Oklahoma, it's a fruit or a vegetable. It's a vegetable, right? If you listen, I'm going to take, because I need fruit all day. Like vegetables, I'm like, ugh. Um, but, but we'll kill it, right? And it's delicious. It's fantastic. Um, but if you know, you probably know this. I know this, right? But watermelon is over 90% water. Right? Like, we know that. And so when you're eating it, you're getting really well hydrated, and it's great. And can I tell you, what has happened, it's that truth has become kind of watermelon truth. It's got to become watered down instead of standing up, right? 
And our truth in churches shouldn't be watered down, but it should stand up and it should test, stand the test of time because we're not basing it on our opinions or our thoughts, but we're basing it on the word of God that says it will never fade away, right? So 2 Timothy chapter four is gonna be, we're gonna come back to this quite a bit um, through the rest of the series, but it is a Paul's last letter, last chapter that he is writing to his apprentice. Timothy, and he is like pouring out a soul, and he says something in the first five scriptures of 2 Timothy chapter 4 that is like he is reading our mail right now as a society and a culture and as churches. And it says this it says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. We're trying to get the good part going. Um, But for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths, and we are there. But you, us, you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Don't be afraid of being misunderstood. Don't be afraid of being taken out of context. Don't be afraid of speaking what's hard, right? Work at telling others the good news, right? And fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So here's what I want us to understand. We got four points today, so we're gonna go quickly. um, Try to keep up, and I'll try not to talk too fast. But the first thing is this. It's about following the truth truth, not finding your own. It's about following the, everybody say the, the truth, not following your own. Think, um, think college football right here, right? I am from the Ohio State University, the University of Oklahoma, right? We're like, okay, we got it. The, right? There's, there's only one, right? And when you go to an OU game, there's only one Oklahoma and all the OSU fans are like, thank God. Um, but there's only one Oklahoma. That is what we are coming to this place about. Can I tell you, there is only the truth, As followers of Christ, there is the truth, and this is really, really under attack because there's a lot of people saying, man, there's so many truths out there. No, 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 understand, as teenagers and college students, this is really huge for you to understand this. There is the truth, right? There is the way, and and we we think so much... um, well, I don't, I don't agree with what you're saying, Justin, already. I already don't like this, and I don't agree with it. And, and hear me. If you're a follower of Christ, you can disagree with me all day. Right? You don't have to, what Justin Graves says, you don't have to agree with in any way. But if the Bible says it, then guess what? It doesn't matter what you feel about it if you're following after him. Because here's what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, listen to your heart and follow that. Right? Because the heart's deceptive. In fact, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death, right? There's a way that looks right, that seems right, that seems innocent, that feels good, 
Um, there's a way that seems right, but it ends in death. Jesus didn't say, be true to yourself and find your truth. You just find you. You do you, right? Jesus didn't say, you do you, right? He did tell people to stop being nosy, Perry. Peter, stop worrying about what I'm going to do in John. You focus on you, right? He did, but he didn't say, you find your truth. He didn't say, happiness is what matters most. That's not what the cross looked like. Having a great time up here, guys. Just be a good person. No, but what Jesus actually said is found in Luke 9, verse 23. He said, then he said to all of them, whoever wants to be my disciple, my follower, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Right? That, that, that this isn't about you following your truth or you following your way. This is about, no, 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 it's not about you. It's about you denying yourself, dying to yourself, and picking up your cross and being an obedient follower of me. So two truths we have to understand, two, two major truths we have to understand, and these, for some of you, are going to be like, yeah, duh, but I'm telling you, these two truths are under major, major attack, and the church isn't preaching them anymore. The first one is this, Jesus is the Son of God and the way to heaven. Jesus is these, not, not, and he's not an entity, he's not one of the sons of God, he is the son of God and the way to heaven, right? John 14, verse six, Jesus answered, I am, everybody say the, the way, I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here's what Jesus is saying. I'm not just a way to heaven. These aren't my words, these are his words. I'm not an option to get there. I am, I'm the, I'm the way. I'm, I'm not a truth, I am the truth. What I'm telling you isn't a truth that sounds good because a lot of it's not gonna sound good to you. But it doesn't make it any less true. I'm the truth and I'm life. And if you wanna get to the heavenly father, if you want to inherit eternal life, if you want to get to heaven, the only way to the father is through the Son. So what this is saying, there's only one way to heaven, to eternal life, and that's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so many people want to say, well, Justin, that sounds extreme. No, 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 no. That sounds really biblical. That sounds really biblically sound. Oh, but that doesn't sound nice. You're right. And can I tell you, that's why I say we've got such a mandate as a church to be found people that are finding people. We gotta have an urgency about because we know the way, the truth, and the life. And why wouldn't we share that? Why wouldn't we let other people know that? Right? That's why when people are coming to the Lord every week, it's a big deal that we can't get used to, right? Because people are surrendering their life and they found the way, the truth, and the life for themselves. Right? We love John 3:16. It sounds good. It sounds great. John 3.16, even John 3.17, but we really don't know about John 3.18 and 19. But check this out. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Sounds great. We're like, yes. Check out 18 and 19. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light 
because their deeds were evil. They like this over that, right? And here's what I would tell you. If Jesus wasn't the way and he wasn't the solution, then God would not have sent his one and only son to be the sacrifice, right? So, so that's number one truth that we have to understand. The second truth that we have to understand is that the Bible is truth. The Bible is truth. When something happens and we no longer like the truth of God's word, it doesn't change that it's still true, right? Because your situation's gonna change. People that you love, their situation's gonna change. You're gonna know people that you're like, but the Bible says this, right? And understand, it's still true even though you don't like it. This week, I read a verse in the Bible I did not like. It said, be patient with difficult people. I don't know anybody that's living that scripture out except my wife, right? Like, I don't like that. You know what I didn't do? I didn't cross it off in my Bible. It's like, I got work to do. Right? And some of us, we got work to do. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 through 17 says, But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true. I love this. I love the way Paul's saying this. He's like, Timothy, bro, brah, come on. Right? Like, like stop dismissing this. You know this. You know this is true. And a lot of us here that we've been dismissing the Bible away. Come, come on, come on. Like, bruh. You know this is true, right? And he goes on and he says, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Can I just stop for a second? I'm going all over the place this morning. I've never seen a person who decided to live their life according to Scripture live to regret it. I've I've never seen it. I've seen the opposite happen all the time. But I have never seen a person that says, you know what, I'm just going to live my life based on the Word of God where it led them to regret. And they came to the end of their life going, man, I really missed out on my ages 18 to 30 because I lived according to the Scriptures. Why? Because you can trust it. Here, here's what he's saying. Right? You, you've been, been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. All Scripture, everybody say all. All, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is. There it is, true. Right? Not, not what you feel, not what you're hearing, but this is truth, what is true, and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Some of you are like, what? I have something wrong with me? Right. It corrects us when we are wrong. And it teaches us what to do is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture is inspired and useful. And it teaches us and it corrects us and it prepares us. But can I tell you, it corrects us. And where we get mad, and when there starts to come, become pushback, is when it starts correcting us, because none of us like to be corrected. None of us like to be wrong. Oh, I'm not wrong. 
you're wrong. I'm not wrong, right? There's no way I'm wrong on this, right? Like there's no way. And you're adamant. And when you're wrong, you're like, well, somebody changed it. Like, no, no, no. You're wrong, right? I'm, I'm wrong. And when the Bible teaches us we're wrong, we want to change it. We don't want to follow it anymore. But here's what I would tell you. It's our second point. My life is supposed to submit to his word, not his word submit to my life. Right? Get this down. Because we are in a culture that is wanting to do the exact opposite. We want to make the life fit the context, the word fit within the context of my life instead of my life fitting within the context of his scripture. Right? His word, my life is supposed to submit. That means come under his control, come under his lordship. Psalms 23, we love it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means the Lord is in, in charge of me, in control of me, is the manager of my life. So if I will let that happen, I won't need a thing. My life won't be lacking what it needs the most. Right? Your life is way better lived when it is submitted to his word instead of trying to make his word submit to his life. I loved what one of my friends said, Dwayne, he put this, he goes to our church, he's in first service, put this on his Facebook. He said, God is not gonna rewrite the Bible for you. So stop trying to change scripture when it's written to change you, right? And let me say this to you, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be the old guy today. Let me say this to our teenagers and our younger generations. God didn't rewrite the scriptures for my generation. He's not going to start doing it for yours. Like, like it's about you denying yourself. Denying, but, but Justin, I have a really strong view on this. Welcome to the club, buddy. All right. Well, that doesn't sound nice. That doesn't sound fair. Read the Bible. Like there's a way that seems right, but it ends in death. Right? So, so pick up your cross Deny yourself on a daily basis, and it's time to start walking after him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's not this old, dusty book that was in your living room that never got open until it was time to read the Christmas story at Christmas time, right? You had to like, right? It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And when things get exposed in our life, we don't like it. We want to hide from it. And here's what we want to do. We just want to pretend it doesn't exist. Right? Thomas Jefferson wrote his own version of the Bible. It's called the Jefferson Bible. And in this Bible, it is about the teachings and the life of Jesus, but he omitted, he took out all the miracles of Jesus because he just didn't find that he could believe it. Right? This is our forefathers. Not forefather, not fathers. Um, but that, that he just omitted all the miracles. He's like, I, I just can't believe that. And can I tell you, what has been happening for a long time is happening in a crazy amount of way right now. And we're just saying, well, that's, that, that, nah. I'm just not going to follow that part of the Bible because that part's too hard. That part's mean. That part's not nice enough. It's not inclusive enough. Right? It's, it's, it's not politically correct enough. It's just not popular. I don't know what my family and my friends are going to think if I believe that way. And here's what I am finding. There are people are wanting to dismiss the Bible so they can 
excuse their sins. Right? And, and, and I've never seen people dismiss the Bible so that they can become more righteous and holy and more like him. What I have seen happen is people dismiss the Bible so that the further away they get from their heavenly father, the less guilty they feel about it. And we got to decide, either we're going to follow this thing and we're going to pick up our cross and follow after him because being a follower of Christ means denying ourselves on a daily basis and dying to ourselves on a daily basis and following him when it's, even when it's hard, or we're not, right? We're just going to pick and omit things that we don't like. So I want to give us two things. Man, I'm running out of time. Two things. I'm going over. I'm just letting you know I'm going over. Um, Ten of you like that. Um, (laughs) You're in dangerous ground right now. Um, So two things. He said, preach as long as it takes. All the people online are like, I give you 15 more minutes. Um, Two things today I want to give you. One thing we got to stop doing and one thing we got to start doing, right? Because we understand this is the truth, right? The Bible's truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God is all of the scriptures inspired. It's used for, for teaching us what's wrong. The word is not to be my life submits to his word, not the word submit to my life. So two things we got to start doing now that we understand that. The first thing is this, is don't lean on your own understanding, Hear, hear me, don't lean on your own understanding, on your feelings, on the way you see it. Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. When the Bible says lean not on your own understanding, the Bible's being serious. Right, Because your heart's deceitful, your emotions fluctuate, your understanding does not see the overall big picture. God never lies, God never changes, God knows also, trust him. Don't lean into your understanding. When we, were, uh, when we went mountain climbing, we showed pictures last week, right, of me and Casey doing the Via Ferrata, and it's 500 feet up, and you're hanging on these little iron bars and steps, and you're cabled in, carabined in, and it's awesome, really, really cool experience. But the part I didn't tell you is there are parts you're not carabined in. You aren't tethered into anything. There's nothing holding you to the mountain. And you are walking on a path that is, I I know I'm a big exaggerator. Let me stop. But really, when I say this, this is truth. It's about a foot and a half to two feet wide in some places. And Dave, our guide, was like, hey, I need you to listen or you're going to die. I'm like, I'm listening. So, online people, I need you to listen to me or you're going to die. Um, so, <laughs> it's that he was like, there's nothing, you can't harness in, there's no cable. And so, when you get to this part and it's really narrow, I need you to lean. He said this too. I was like, I'm preaching that, I'm preaching that. I almost took my phone out. I was like, hold on, Dave. Um, but pay attention, right? So, he said, I need you to lean into the rock because if you don't, you're going to fall off the cliff. You already know where I'm going. Can I tell you, there are moments where you want to lean on your own understanding instead of leaning into the rock. And when you decide to lean into your own understanding because your emotion just doesn't feel right emotionally, right? It just just doesn't seem fair. It's just not going my way. And the Bible's contradicting my life and my lifestyle and my habits and, and the way that I'm living and conducting my life. And so you want to lean on your own understanding. That's when you fall off the cliff. That's when you harm yourself. But the Bible says this, 
man, don't lean on your own, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Lean not on your own, on, on your own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. He will get you to where you want to go the most. But here's what happens. We do this. When we don't like it, we change the rules. Right? When we don't like what's being preached, here's what, here's what some of you are going to be tempted to do. Well, I'm just going to go to another church. Go. I'm not being mean. I, don't, I, I told you I was going to make some of you mad today. Right? Like, I'm not your puppet. Like, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean into your feelings so much. But, man, let's have some correction hit our life so we can become more like him and less like ourselves, right? And we want to just say, well, I'm just going to go find a church that will preach fun butterfly stuff. And, you know, that, that, that's the great way and the fun way. It may be fun for now, but, and it may seem right, but there's a way that seems right to man but leads in destruction and in death. And when it doesn't go our way... We're like this kid I used to play football with in the neighborhood named Dart. Me and Dart still, and I'm just playing, I don't know Dart anymore. I couldn't stand Dart, and Dart didn't like me. Because Dart was a rich kid in our neighborhood, so he had the best football, and we always played in his yard, because he had the biggest yard. But Dart stunk. He was not good. And so when he started losing, which was every time, he would try to change the teams midway and change the rules. I'd be like, hey, Dart, you're a loser, right? Like... Sitting upward, not everybody's winning. You are getting your butt whooped 28 to 7. Well, no more sacking, no more interceptions. I'm like, what are we playing then? This isn't football, right? Like, what, what is? Well, it's, you just tackle too hard. Shut up, Dart. He wanted to change the rules, and we were like, no, we're not having it. And can I tell you, when you don't like what the Bible says, you want to do something like this, and it may not be as extreme as this, but you say, ah, no, 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 it's a different rule system now. Huh? Me, me and God got our own thing. No, you don't. You can be the Pope. You, the Pope don't got his own thing going. Hey, Pope, I'm talking to you. You don't. I, like, the moment I say I got, I've got my own thing going with God, you need to leave. Here's, here's what Ephesians chapter 5, 6 or 10 says. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases God. The Lord. James chapter 1, verse 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves, right? Stop excusing what you're doing and start doing what you know. Stop excusing your habits. Stop excusing your lifestyle. Stop excusing your sin. Stop excusing of all of us have fallen short and fallen short of the glory of God. Absolutely. But stop excusing that same habit time and time again and step into how you know you are called to live, that you are called to be children and people of the light. Can I tell you, that means your life looks different and is different and it should make your friends feel uncomfortable and it should stand out at your workplace because something is different about you and me. 
Well, what, what, what if people start talking about me? Good. Now we're cooking with oil, right? Now we're getting somewhere. Like, don't just know what to do. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourselves. Some of you, man, you are just stuck in self-deception right now. And you want to blame everything and excuse everything, but nothing's changing and nothing's getting better. Can I tell you what I'm preaching today? It's not an easier way to live, but it's a way better way for you to live. It's not easier. Man, meeting Jesus is easy. Following him, that takes effort. It's hard. But it's a better way to live. So so let me give you something we've got to do. Don't lean on your understanding, but keep the word active in your life so you know what to do. Keep the word active in your life so you know what to do. What it say in Hebrews? That it's alive and active. The word of the Lord is alive and active. It exposes our innermost thoughts and struggles. What? That's the Bible. Psalms 119, verse 9 through 11. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? I would just say person, period, right? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This word hidden in the Hebrew comes from a word called safan, and it means to hide or treasure up, right? To hide or treasure. I have hidden, I have stored up, I have treasured your word in my heart so that when I don't know what to do, I know what to do. I don't lean on my own understanding. I lean into you. I keep acknowledging you. I let your word be in the driver's seat of my life because it's alive and active and it shows me what to do. Can I tell you, the more you get into the word, the more the word gets into you. The more you read your Bible, the more the Bible reads you. The problem isn't that God isn't talking to us. The problem is we haven't opened our Bible in months. The reason we don't know where to go is because we haven't been in the word like we know we should be in the word, and we're not storing something up because we don't have it in our lives to store. Can I tell you, the other day, I hid ice cream from my family. You know, the only way I got to hide ice cream from my family, I went to the store and I treasured, I stored up your ice cream in my heart that I might not share it with my family, right? You gotta have it to hide it. You gotta have it to hide, you gotta have ice cream so you can hide ice cream. I tell you, you got to have the the word of God in your life so you can hide it and you can store it up in your life because here's what's going to happen. And I can guarantee you this is going to happen. It's not a matter of if, but when. There's going to be a moment where your feelings collide with your faith, where your feelings collide with the word of God. And who wins? Because most of us, if we're being honest, we have a sickness in our culture where we're allowing our feelings to lead the way. And hear me, if, if you follow your feelings over your faith, you're gonna be inconsistent, inconsistent in your faith. But if you follow your faith over your feelings, you're gonna be consistent despite your feelings. There's a big difference. So, so this is what has to happen. Here's my encouragement, and I'm, I'm quickly rounding. Is that the word of God has to be greater than anything else. Do you guys remember the greater than sign in school? You know what I'm talking about? Like, a hundred's greater than one. We're like, math is so easy, right? Like, 
Like when you got there, we were all like, I think I want to be a mathematician for the rest of my life because you knew the greater than sign and the less than sign. You're like, three is less than seven. I'm a brilliant child, right? Like you're like, math is so good. But here, here's what I'm going to tell you. God's word's got to be greater than anything else. Right? It, it does. If we're going to follow after him, God's word's got to be greater than anything. God's word has to be greater than my feelings. How I feel or what makes me feel good. God's word has to be greater than your political affiliation. Hey, the next few weeks, Foundation Church, we need to be known for our faith instead of our politics. Right? You should be known for being a follower of Christ over being a Republican. You should be known as a follower of Christ over being a Democrat. The word of God, God's word is greater than Donald Trump. MAGA, are you kidding? Make America great again, or his next slogan is going to have to be remake America great again. Like, right, right? What? Are you kidding me? Hey, God's word's greater than Barack Obama. Justin, that's the first black president. I know. Still greater than. God's word's greater than Joe Biden. All of us agree on that. Everybody's like, yes. Like, all of us are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I can get behind that, yeah. God's word's greater than Congress. Hear me, God's word's greater than the Supreme Court, even though you may have loved the ruling or hated the ruling. Whatever side of the fence you're on. It's got to be greater than. God's word's got to be greater than popular views, politically correct views, or, or, or acceptable views. God's word's greater than my opinions. It's greater than my preference. It's greater than my rathers. It's greater than my friend's opinion, my peer's opinion, and what my friend group is saying and doing. God's word is greater than my convenience and what is convenient for me. And hear me, if you're trying to be cool instead of obedient, you have not, you're not going to be cool. The moment you get out of college, you're not cool anymore. So, so why are we trying to be cool instead of being obedient? I don't know very many cool followers of Christ. Like, oh, I'm just wanting to be cool. I'm just wanting to be hip. I'm just wanting to follow, like, the ways of the world. No, no, that's the exact opposite. Stop trying to be cool. Just obey them. Pick up your cross, even when it's not convenient. Deny yourself when yourself wants to rise up. And say, ah, that sounds so mean. And follow after him. Because here's what Jesus said, and I'm going to leave you with this. Luke 11, verse 28. But Jesus said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Keep it. Can I tell you, that's the goal. Keep it. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might keep it. That I might not fall away. That I might not sin against you. That I might not miss the mark. Keep it. Because here's what I'm telling you. It may not be easier, but it's a way better way. What Jesus is saying, blessed are those who hear the word of God. This is a way better way for you to live your life if you hear it and you keep it. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. And God, I, I, I thank you, and I pray that there would just be truth.
truth that permeates and invades our life. Because, Lord, there's a lot of us a lot of times. Lord, your word says that the truth will set you free, but first, a lot of times, it'll make us mad. Lord, maybe we're angry in this morning. Maybe we're upset. Lord, I pray that there's a collision that's already happening between our feelings and our faith. And I pray today that instead of getting upset, instead of getting mad, instead of getting offended, we'd get changed. That, Lord, we would do what you said in Luke. That if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be my follower... It's not about your feelings and it's not about the way you see things. It's about you denying yourself, picking up your cross on a daily basis and following me. And following you means obeying your scriptures. It means following the word of God because it is a path and it is a map for our life. So God, I pray for some of us in this place and a lot of us watching today that we would stop leaning on our own understanding. The way we feel about things, the way we look at things. And the Lord, we would acknowledge you, even when it's not easy. We would surrender and we would submit to you and to your word, even when it's not easy. Because when we do that, the promise is this, you mark out a safe, straight path for our life so we can get and we can live the life we want to live the most. Lord, we know what to do. So God, I pray today that there would be a lot less excusing in our life and a lot more obeying when it comes to our life. But Lord, we wouldn't try to get away with things. We wouldn't think we're, but Lord, we would stop excusing where we are and we would start being obedient where we are so that we can flourish and we can change and we can become fully devoted followers of you. It's in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Today with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here in this place, the Bible says this, on that last day, he'll tell a lot of people that preached in his name, that prophesied in his name, that did miracles in his name, depart from me because I never knew you. It's not about knowing how to behave. It's not about knowing how to play church. It's about knowing Jesus as your personal Savior. Do you know him and does he know you? It's not about having a professional relationship with him. It's about having a personal one with him. And today, if you're here in this place, maybe you're watching at home online and you say, Justin, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you a chance to change that. Maybe you're here today and you're sitting there and you're saying and you're watching and you're saying, man, I don't really know him. I'm not sure that this relationship's really personal because I haven't been following like I know I should. Today, I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me today, and there's a change that needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Yeah. You say, Justin, that's me. Come on, come on. That's you. Let's not, let's not be shy now. If that's you and you say, Justin, there's a change that needs to happen in my life. Yeah. You say, that's me. There's about five, six hands. Is there anyone else? Yeah. You say, Justin, that's me. Seven. Is there anyone else? You say, that's me today. And I need to join these seven hands because, man, it's not 
personal and I'm not following like I know I ought to be following. And I don't just want to pretend I'm good. I want to get good. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today, before we start this prayer, is there anyone else? Don't miss this moment. Is there anyone else? Man, if you raise your hand, if you did it at home watching online or in this place, I'm just gonna invite you to repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it and I turn to you and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to lift you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.